Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Welcome, parents. If your teen is questioning their gender or identifies as trans or non-binary, this episode is for you. Despite the extensive evidence that demonstrates that being transgender or non-binary is not a new phenomenon, many youth are still relentlessly subjected to hateful rhetoric, fear-based misconceptions, and renewed efforts to block them from accessing bathrooms, athletics, even healthcare. Today, I'm joined by Ivy, a college student who's going to help us break down some of these dangerous misconceptions. A little bit about how I first met Ivy. I want to just start. So Ivy and I met right before COVID during a walk for, do you remember this? During mental a, health awareness. Yes, during mental health awareness. And we had this amazing conversation because we got to do the walk. And I asked you that day. We talked about everything. We talked about everything. And I asked you that day. I'm like, you have to come on my podcast and talk about this. And multiple years later, three years later, we finally figured it out. And I'm so happy. So I want to welcome you, Ivy. I'm thrilled to finally have you here. Um, we've had so many great conversations and I've been really wanting to have this on so other people can hear it. You know, you're nervous. We're going to do great. So just introduce yourself. And what I would love is just for you to tell us a little bit about your story. And we're just going to talk here. Um, well, I mean, where do we start? Um, I think I mean, my story isn't necessarily all that unique in terms of what's happened in my life and what I've gone through necessarily. Um, I mean, I've been a high school student, a middle school student. I have friends um, and I do regular things. I go to work. I study things at college, which I think is one of like the main things that I want to share is that anyone who's like on the spectrum or anyone who's viewed by society is different is really a normal person yeah but you and I like aren't all that much different besides like your credentials and you've been through college already but that I'm a normal person and then doesn't necessarily need to be exemplified or not exemplified it doesn't need to be like hyperstated that I'm trans or that this is my experience or that it can just be you're a person first, yeah. um, this is your life, um, and that you just happen to have experience. I love that so much. You're you're human, right? We're all human. We all are, and we're all different. And so I think it is hard because right now, and the reason I wanted to invite you on is because you are you you're so eloquent in the way that you explain things and the way that you see life. And you just exemplified that right there, right? And it isn't about, I, I think we get hyper-focused on differences, right? And then we miss all the many similarities. And I wanted to focus on that because I, you know, there's a lot more visibility, I think, 
with when it comes to transgender and non-binary and gender identification. And I think that there's, with that comes more curiosity, but also with that comes more fear um, and more misconceptions. And we're seeing that a lot in the world, right? And so one of the reasons I wanted you on is because I want to break through some of these misconceptions and show you're an amazing human being and that's who you are, right? However, can we talk first about your experience? Because what I want to break through is the fact that when we start with the judgment and identify as this, and we miss everything else about who you are, um, there's such a danger in that. Um, and it, it undermines who you are, and it undermines how people interact with you and treat you. And I want to get past that. How do we get past that with people? Um, I think the first point is kind of listening to people and listening to someone talk about anything that, like you're saying, there's a lot more visibility, but there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more critique and opposition, especially publicly, like in government with legislation and even in schools and stuff like that. There's, because the more something is more aware, the more people are aware of something or a group of people or a community, um, the more likely they're to form their own opinions yeah. without really talking to that group of people, which I think is where we get a lot of, it's where we get a lot of those misconceptions. Yeah. We're not talking to the people that are, we're not talking to the people that are affected by problems like prejudice and stuff. Um, so I think the way that we can move past misconceptions is talking to the people in the community and including them in the conversation. So when we don't include them in the conversation, they're gonna be left out and we're only gonna hear the side of the story, um, which if you're only hearing the side of the story from someone who's like looking out from the sidelines basically of someone's experience, you're only gonna get the sidelines perspective. You're never gonna get both sides. Because right? everyone has something to share. And I think that's kind of the starting point is being able to listen to people and not put judgments aside and just listen to someone as a person first um, and have compassion before we try and understand or fit someone's ideas and identity into our mindset, which definitely isn't hard because prejudice and um, different like opinions is all how we as humans, like psychologically, that's how our brains work. Um, so it's not an easy thing, but I think when we prioritize people first, we can make a lot of progress. Big one. And prioritizing the person. And I think that goes with everything because we we tend to make very quick snap judgments about people based on the color of their skin, right? Their yes. height, right? Like you're tall, I'm short, right? You could have a lot of bias towards me yeah. for being short person. So I think there's just so many things that we can, how we group people and how we identify people and those basic, I mean, stereotypes, but basic assumptions that we make because of those is what gets us in a lot of danger and it prevents us from actually knowing people, right? One of the things I see with parents when it comes to their kids is that this 
bias and assumptions and stereotypes really are profound when your child doesn't fit the mold of who you expect the perfect child to be. And I'm going to tell you, very few kids fit the mold. I have yet to meet any kids that fit the mold of what their parents think the ideal child is supposed to be, right? And I think a lot of times as parents, we take that personally as a, hey, for me to feel like I'm a good parent, I need you to fit this mold. I need you to be straight A. I need you to be popular. I need you to be athletic. I need you to be all of these things for me to feel like I'm a good parent. Um, and so we try to mold our kids and push our kids to be what we need them to be rather than saying, this is my beautiful, unique child that I've been blessed with. How do I adapt to be the best parent my child needs me to be? How do I be the support for who I am given? And this is not my choice on who I'm given. I am given this beautiful person. How do I make this person feel loved and accepted and belonged and appreciated for their unique, beautiful selves? How do I do that? Why do you think parents have so much trouble doing that? Well, I, I think it's partially because for anyone, there's a security in knowing what's going to happen. And there's a security and a safety we feel when we can have like control over people or have control over what's happening in our lives. So many things are out of control, yeah. especially in the world right now. Um, but I think what anyone should focus, whether you're a parent or you're a friend of someone, like you should always focus on someone's fulfillment and like, are they helping other people? Are they stable? Are they happy in their life? Are they doing things that fulfill them? That that should be the priority, I think. Um, that as long as you're fulfilled in yourself and you're finding a purpose and you're moving forward in life, I think that's what we should be concerned about. Um, so when we focus on other things, it's not, it's not really our place to like have an opinion about what you wear, like how you decide to like call yourself or something. Like it's not my job to like care that you that you're a doctor cam. It's not exactly like that's just who you are and like you've got a degree and that's like that's just you. That's right. Um but I do care about what how fulfilled you are and like what your purpose is in life and where you're going and what you want to do. Um which is partially why you and I have a relationship. We don't have a relationship because I'm like, I'm just like plan to change who you are. Like, exactly. I care about our relationship, yeah. which I think is what parents should prioritize. Exactly. And that is, I think one of the reasons that parents struggle with it the most is a fear. Um, parents are very worried that if their kid, humans are mean humans are mean um so as parents often we look through these very critical eyes to say how are all the ways that the world can tear my child apart and I want to prevent that from happening so I want to make sure I have like 
helped my child fix all the things that people could actually attack or tear apart. And what I have found when we do that, it comes from the right intention. We end up being the bully that we're trying to protect our kids from. That's who we end up being. We end up being the very person that tears our kids down for who they are in an attempt to protect them from people that don't matter, right? And when we support our kids for who they are, then those bullies don't matter because they're loved at home, right? Yeah, you have a foundation of, when you have a foundation of people that support you, it doesn't matter what happens externally, so you can always come to like home base. Yeah. Um, and like you're saying, you should be your kid's biggest cheerleader and not their biggest criticizer. Yeah. Um, which I think is definitely hard to get around because like you said, you're talking about protecting kids, um, but sometimes we have to protect the people in our life from our own perceptions and our own beliefs that maybe aren't true to life. I want to jump into um, from there because what I think about is parents are worried that their kids are making bad choices. And yeah, we all make bad choices, right? What I want, one of the misconceptions I really want to clear up is that this is a choice because I think parents think my child is making a bad choice and they're choosing something that's going to make their life more difficult, right? This is what I've heard people say. Why is that a misconception? What, what did I get wrong there? Um, I think it's a misconception because it's, I think there's often like an underlying tone that children shouldn't be trusted. Um, cause I think lots of people are brought up that you can't trust your heart, that yeah. you can't trust yourself. Um, and I'm not at all saying that we shouldn't be cautious of bad decisions or hurting other people because everyone does that. Um, but in terms of who we are, I think that we that in terms of who you are, you're the one who knows the most. So no matter how much I get to know you or how much anyone knows you, they're never going to know everything because you know everything about yourself. You're the biggest scholar on Dr. Kim. Um, so I think that's kind of like the first starting places. Like kids and anyone, any person, whether they're a kid or an adult or no matter what their credentials are, that we can trust people and that we can rely on what people say especially, most importantly, when it comes to who they are. Um, but I think also the second part of that misconception is when we say that someone's choosing like a certain lifestyle, you're also saying that they're choosing the hardships that come along with it, which I don't think is also, I don't think that's always true that no one wants to be like bullied in school or no, no woman wants to have to worry about safety when she goes out walking at night. Um, which is why that person isn't really choosing to be a woman. Because why would she go and choose to feel unsafe Yeah. Um, in certain areas of her life? Um, I don't think anyone wants to choose what's gonna hurt them. Um, the problem is usually how other people respond to you, but the problem is never you. Yeah. And I don't think that just because someone's a victim doesn't mean they're part of the problem necessarily, especially when it comes to 
things like violence or bullying or the hardships that can come along when you're not fitting the stereotypes that the world has. Yeah, I think I, I want to go back first on the fact that nobody knows you better than you. And I think parents often have a misconception that they know their kids better than their kids know themselves. I see this a lot. You don't know. And when I talk to the kids, the kids know themselves a lot better. And I think what's interesting is, and one of the things that we see is a lot of kids wait to tell who they really are until they're older, until they've moved out, until there's they've already decided if my parents say they won't accept me, I'm going to be okay. Um, and parents think, oh, this is something that they're either, you know, it's a trend or they're trying to follow somebody else. And what we're finding is that these kids have known for over a decade now who they are. And when they're finally able to see other people that have the courage to be themselves and be authentic, they're going, oh my gosh, I can now have that courage yeah. to be authentic. And so it isn't that kids are being influenced to change themselves. What they're doing is being influenced to be authentic with themselves, even though there's fear of how people are going to respond to it. I think that to me is one of the things that I admire about your generation even more than my generation is that there is a higher level of authenticity and honestly acceptance, I think. Um, I think your generation is a lot more accepting than my generation is because my generation has fear and, and misunderstanding. And what I had a conversation with somebody the other day about this, that I think every generation comes along and challenges the generation above them to define or before them to define if everyone has the right to be treated equally. I think every generation comes along and says, who do we include in that everyone? Because we still put boundaries on who that includes it includes everyone yes it's not like an exclusive club or something but it's we're all on the same team that's right um what do you wish that parents understood more about kids who are about their kids who are questioning their gender or aren't questioning their gender anymore are pretty darn sure that they're trans or non-binary what can we what can you say to those parents um i think that at the beginning the kids are often just as they don't know as much as parents think they do that we're often still asking ourselves a lot of questions especially at the beginning um which i think is just be sensitive with kids that everyone's still trying to figure this out and I mean, adults have midlife crises, but kids are always trying to figure out who they are. Yeah. Not just once in their life, but like a hundred different times. Um, and like even like jobs in school apart, there's still a lot of expectations to know who you are, know what your name's gonna be, know like all of these different things that often feel like 
requirements, I think. But when you're first starting and even later, all of that is still fresh. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to be sensitive with someone and be cautious that it's still new to them in a way. Um, because no one knows everything. And when you're still discovering who you are, talking about that or answering people's questions about that is all going to feel very sensitive because you're only just getting to know it. Yeah. Um, so I think not only can we believe kids, but we also need to be able to listen to them. Yeah. Um, so I think it's when we rush conversations and it's when we rush questions that you can kind of cross boundaries, I think. Crossing boundaries, man, that's a big one, isn't it? Um, I, I think that's another thing where I see parents not really seeing where their existence ends and where their child's begins, right? And I think that's a piece of it too, is that when we have children and all of our children are not us, all of our children are different than us. They're not our mini-me's. They're not, um, they might have extreme differences than us, um, or they may be scarily like us, (laughs) my daughter is, Um, but we have a lot of differences too. And I think it's really important to, um, to really appreciate how they're different from us, even more than how they're similar, right? I think that's important. Um, If parents have this belief that I don't think my child knows what they're doing, I don't think my child knows what they're talking about, I want you to kind of, what do you have to say about that? Um, I think when kids or anyone makes a quote-unquote bad decision or something that we see as a bad decision, I think the first response shouldn't be love and it shouldn't be welcoming that kid or that person, regardless of what they've done. Um, because we should always, whether you're a friend of someone or you're a parent of them, you should always be kind of like the net for that person to land in, regardless of what they do or what happens. Um, because I think that's what family is, family and friends. We're here to catch people when they fall. So we shouldn't be trying to like anticipate every single bad decision that's going to happen because we're going to fail Yeah. if we try and do that. Um, but rather be a supporter in what someone's doing. Um, and if they make a wrong mistake, then hold them when they fall, which I think is important. Because um, people are allowed to make their own decisions. And I think sometimes parents might, from my perspective, they might feel that it's their job to manage everything in their kid's life. But I think especially as kids get older and move out or go to college, that that parent-kid relationship, I've learned, turns a lot more to holding your kid's hand mm-hmm. and having a BA like relationship where both of you are working together on things, where you want to share things and you want to share what you're doing and decisions that you're making. And it becomes less of parents just making those decisions for you, but parents get to help inform those decisions. Yeah. And it gets to be more of a conversation instead of just one person saying what's right and what's wrong. 
um, which I think, again, changes a lot as you become older. Yeah. I think what we see as right and wrong, I think as we get older, we get more rigid in what we believe is right and wrong, and we become more um, convinced that we are right. Um, and one thing I have learned by talking to people like you um, is that I'm not always right. I'm not right. And I think it's fascinating to see there's so um, it just opens your worldview a lot more to say, OK, I kind of got stuck in a box and that box was really confining and it really was not um, it's not a good box to be in. And I, I love talking to you and talking to a lot of the kids, the teens that I work with or young adults, they're not teens, young adults that I work with is that um, they have a much more accepting, broader view of the world and perspective. And I love that perspective. Um, the final thing before we go is what is probably the best thing if parents, if, if a parent finds or a child is able to express or they have questions about their gender identity or just any identity, right? Just anything about them. Um, how can parents support a child when they don't necessarily understand where their child's coming from? I think one of the biggest things a parent can do is like try as much as you can to learn about what your kid is talking about and what they're discovering about themselves that don't make your kid the first interaction you've had with trans people or with gay people or anything that don't make your child your first step in that direction. Um, because when we know more about a group of people, we're we're going to know more in the nuances, and because we've met people with different nuances, and we've talked to different people with different experiences, that when we know more of the broad range of people and how they identify, that when we talk to someone, we're going to have less of those rigid boxes to put people in, because we've already seen so many that don't fit in the boxes at all, um, which I think helps to kind of cultivate an openness with kids that when we're more educated about topics or identities that instead of asking our kids questions of, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? We can start asking questions of, how do you feel about this? How do you feel being called this name? How do you, where do you want to take your life? Like, what kind of things do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? We can focus on someone's perspective instead of just the questions of trying to pinpoint where they are with words or labels. I love that is a great way to end to with the labels. I think when we label our kids, we are now not appreciating them as the unique individual they are, right? And I think when we do that, and it kind of goes back to, I love like us educating ourselves. It's not up to our kids to educate us. You're absolutely right. Um, it's also about how do we get to know our kids without saying, I'm going to label my child and put this in, put now put them in this box, but how am I going to get to know 
my individual, very unique, not like anybody else on the planet. How do I get to know this person and be the support that they need? Because that's my job as a parent. How do I support this human being to be the best version of themselves? And I think a lot of that starts with being open to conversations about things that when we don't talk about things, then it's like the elephant in the room. Yeah. No one knows the elephant and no one knows like what their name is. And it's just like, everyone's just kind of aware of it. But when you don't talk about something, I think that's when it becomes more awkward and it's hard to move forward. But I think when we're able to have conversations where we're, even if you're not like questioning your kid about who they are, that when there's conversations in school and there's conversations about um, how different people identify, it makes it less of a, like, makes people less afraid. Yeah. Once you've had the conversation before, then it's kind of like, you've already done it once, do it again. Um, which makes everyone more comfortable in a conversation. And I think it just, it allows everyone to focus on people instead of trying to like navigate their way through talking about this new topic. Um, it's never really about the topic, it's about the people, which I think is what this conversation is about. I 100% agree. It is about the person themselves and not anything else, isn't it? Ivy, thank you. I'm so yeah. glad we finally got to do that. I'm so glad. Yeah. And parents, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm grateful for you as well. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, you can grab my top 10 secrets for raising teens at askdrcam.com slash parenting tips. Until next time, stay curious. Remember, there's always more than, to the story than what you see. Oh, yay. All right. That was fun. That was fun. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.